0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Amy Ward Brimmer, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in Newtown, uh, Pennsylvania, which is quite near Philadelphia. She's been teaching for uh, close to 20 years, uh, and she Uh, Originally trained as an actor and director, she served uh, as an Alexander Technique Instructor instructor at Yale University for the Opera Training Program, the Hart Conservatory for Undergraduate Acting, and Brooklyn College for Graduate Acting. She's also a certified childbirth educator and a doula, but today... We're going to talk about a different aspect of her life, uh, namely walking, and we're going to talk a little bit about how the Alexander Technique can be helpful for people who walk. Uh, Amy, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Robert. Glad to be here.
0: Glad to have you, glad to have you here this morning. Um, I want, before we get to walking, I wonder if you could just give our listeners a, a very short description of the Alexander Technique. Sure.
1: Um, Alexander Technique, uh, to me, is a way of learning to move mindfully in one's life. And by that, I mean um, beginning to recognize and bring conscious awareness to the how of what you do, how you stand, sit, walk, sleep even, how you speak. Um, It's a learning process, but it also has therapeutic um, dimensions to it in the sense that people come for lessons when often when they're in pain or have some other dysfunction and by recognizing how they're participating in their own dysfunction we kind of learn how to free ourselves from these habitual ways of holding tension or moving inefficiently and oftentimes um can be freed of body problems and really learn to um, meet life with kind of an open present awareness and um uh, it's been the best thing I've ever learned
0: in my life. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I should have mentioned before at the beginning that uh, uh, Amy has had occasion to do quite a bit of walking lately. Uh, <laughs> she's she's been part of a statewide walk across across Pennsylvania. Uh, as part of the Earthquaker Action Team protesting, um, I believe, a bank? Is that right? Yes. A bank's policies? Uh,
1: yeah. We are actually, the walk is going on right now as we do this interview. It began on April 30th and uh, in Philadelphia and culminates on May 16th in uh, Pittsburgh, which is the national headquarters of PNC Bank. And um, one of the things that Earthquaker, Earthquaker Action Team is a, is a um, nonviolent direct action group that uh, works on economic and environmental justice issues. And PNC Bank is one of the major financers of mountaintop removal coal mining, um, in Appalachia particularly, but in other places. And uh, so we'd like them to stop financing climate change. So we we have a small band of intrepid folks that are walking across um, the state and walking, uh, logging a total of about 200 miles each, some of it's going to be driven, but most most of it is going to be walking. So I was out with them all last week um, and logged about sixty miles. And uh, we'll be going back out again for the end of the walk next week, and we'll probably do another thirty or so. And so, yes, I've had it's been this big laboratory um, where I've been really needing to pay attention to my use. How do you walk? Um, so I've been testing a lot of different aspects of Alexander Technique.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think we'll get to some specific um, suggestions for people who want to improve their walking. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get to that, it, it just happens that we're speaking, uh, as you said, we're speaking in early May of 2012. And just a couple of days ago, uh, a, a big report was released by, I believe, the National uh, some government report about obesity um, in America. And and as I'm sure you know, obesity has become a huge issue in our country. And one of the um, recommendations is uh, that people should walk more and there should be walk-friendly communities and so on. But but as I listened to that suggestion, uh, it occurred to me that... um, Not just user walk-friendly communities, but people ought to know how to walk well Mm -hmm. in ways that don't injure themselves and make walking a pleasure. And um, so I think that's a nice context for our, our interview as well. Well, it, it couldn't be more relevant. You're right.
1: And uh, I actually saw a little article recently just saying even 20 minutes a day, getting up and moving in any way mm-hmm. um, makes a difference. And I thought, well, something's better than nothing. But I agree that, you know, if you're just getting up and moving in any old way, it might actually be counterproductive. And I know people who have taken on walking as an exercise um, in order to lose weight or just become more healthy and they end up in my office or somewhere else because they do you, you can injure yourself just doing something as as uh... apparently simple as walking Walking's mm-hmm. is actually pretty complex but right. um but yeah. so i agree that alexander technique is really um... helpful in the sense that um, if you are aware of how you're walking um... not only will you improve the results that you get um... but you also can avoid Ending up not being able to walk because you've injured
0: yourself. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I, I think anyone who's interested in improving the way they walk w- would do well to explore the Alexander technique uh, because it'll help you do everything you do better, including walking. But I think in this interview we're going to talk mainly about some very <clears throat> excuse me some very specific ideas that you've come up with for walking.
1: Yeah, I just want to share some of the things I've noticed from my own experience, and I think that they may be true for most, if not all, other people who like to walk or need to walk. Mm -hmm. Um, The first thing I I really want to point out and that I try to remember is that walking on two legs is a rather new phenomenon for human beings. It doesn't seem like it because it's built right into us. And, and, uh, if there are no other problems, um, we automatically, usually around by the time you're 12 months old, you're able to get up on your two feet and walk. Um, but, uh, evolutionarily speaking, um, our bodies are still evolving. And so some of the structures of the legs and some of the ways that we walk, um, they need our full participation and awareness because, um, It really is a balancing act, and uh, and we're still perfecting it as a process. Uh, So that could be helpful to remember. And
0: Um, I I (laughs) I would think the implication of that is that it's quite possible that you've picked up some bad habits of of standing and walking early on, and are not aware of them. So Mm -hmm. what you're what you're saying is bring some conscious awareness of yourself. As you walk, uh, bring bring to yourself some conscious awareness of yourself, because it's entirely possible that you're doing some things that are pretty harmful to you.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's yes, more than possible that we may have developed habits. I think it's inevitable. Right. <laughs> um, well, I was trying to soften I say, the blow there, but say about a hundred percent of us are probably, right. uh, you know, got some things that that we could. Um, that need to be changed, that are interfering. And so that's actually my first tip, which is um, notice what you do when you walk. Um, A lot of people who walk for exercise um, put on music or otherwise distract themselves or in a gym if you're on a treadmill watching TV or something. And so um, the first thing to change would be maybe what is your mind doing while you're walking. And as best you can, um, start by just noticing how do you walk. Uh, when your feet um, hit the ground, for example, are, you, are they making contact with the ground heel to toe or does the weight come down on the ball of your foot first? I've seen a lot of different ways that people walk. Um, so just start by um, becoming your own um, sort of scientist or um, observer and take a walk and see what you notice Um, Some things to begin to be aware of, as I've already mentioned, would be, you know, what's your stride? How big a step are you taking? Um, When your feet um, make contact with the ground, again, are you rolling through the sole of your foot or is only one part of your foot supporting you? Um, And this is, again, for a regular paced walk. When you start to get into jogging or running, it's a different story. But uh, for walking... Um, really the full sole um, of your foot is there for support. Um, Also, as you put weight on a foot, what happens with your knees? Do they stay soft and bendable or are they locked? Mm -hmm. Um, Many, Mm -hmm. many people, as they step onto whichever foot is landing, um, automatically lock their knees. And that sort of hyperextension or snapping your knee straight – Really has horrible consequences. Absolutely. Uh, As you know,
0: Robert. (laughs) I'm hurting just listening to you describe that. That is, is a terrible thing to do. Yeah. Okay, so so tip one, I guess, is be aware, start to notice, possibly even have someone else take a look at your walking and give you some objective feedback.
1: Yeah, it can it be really hurt. helpful. Uh, in training for the Green Walk, which uh, is this um, Earthquake Action Team endeavor, we we did a training where um, it was a group class essentially in Alexander and walking, and they paired up, and and there's so much more that you can. Um, find out from someone who observes. Um, one Another uh, thing to be aware of um, and try to avoid is um, the other end of your body, not just your feet and knees, but what's going on with your head. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really helpful to have someone observe for you wh- where is your head in relation to your neck and the rest of your body as you're walking. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's awfully difficult to know um, when you're the one walking. Uh, we yes. be yes. really oriented to space based on, um, based on, you know, what we're used to. And it's almost impossible, almost impossible to know um, what we're doing with our heads. And most people are doing one of two things, two basic things. Um, a lot of people, and this is sort of another tip to another thing to pay attention to, is a lot of people, as they begin to walk forward, push their forehead or their whole head forward in space and that 10 to 12 pound weight then um sort of drags the rest of the body with it if you're dropping that weight forward or pushing forward then you're actually having to almost fall into your walk mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. other people do that with their chest they'll sort of um i i really have noticed this a lot and you and and you could too. We could. You could sit at a mall or on a street and watch people walk and you'll see that a, a lot of people just sort of propel their body forward by just pushing their upper body forward and then the legs and feet are kind of dragged along behind.
0: You're right. uh,
1: yeah. So you, people are kind of falling forward, falling into the walk and catching themselves with their feet rather than letting uh, the legs take the torso for a walk. Mm-hmm. So a and watching you, um, especially if they're watching you in profile, walking back and forth, can see what's actually leading in space as mm-hmm. you move forward. So that's mm-hmm. that's another observation one could make. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to sort of build on that. The, the other um, thing that you can try is um, what we, in Alexander parlance, call inhibition, um, which is to notice if that's what you're doing and then pause before you take your next step and see if you see what happens if you do not let your head drop forward or what other people will do is sort of lift their chin and pull the weight of their head back and down onto their neck and sort of brace their head and neck for that first step forward um alexander Probably would have fallen into that category when he first noticed his own use. Uh, it was a pretty stiff neck and a head pulled back and down. And so, if you notice that, that's what you do. Um, thinking about keeping your neck free, um, not tightening your neck, and just yeah. simply say to yourself, "I'm not going to tighten my neck as I take a step," mm-hmm. and slow your walk down. Uh, you you don't want to do this if you're if you've got 15 minutes for a quick brisk walk, but if you've got some time. Um, And you don't have to get from point A to point B at at any specific time, then you can slow it down and really say to yourself, I'm not going to take a step until and unless I'm not tightening my neck,
0: Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. example. (laughs) That can be a very interesting uh, learning experience to To do that. And I think, I think what you're saying about slowing your walking down in order to investigate it is very valuable because a lot of people walk pretty quickly and it's, it all happens so fast and it's so habitual that they're not able to really notice what they're doing.
1: Uh, definitely. And that actually, one beautiful thing about walking for exercise is, I mean, if you've given yourself forty five minutes say um, for a few of those times not worry about how far you get um, but take that time to walk really slowly and take you know people might uh... people might just decide to walk half as far as they usually do um, and slow down enough that, that then that you can actually learn teach yourself what is it that you're doing um, so that that can be really really helpful um... And I know people say, well, I I like to walk at a fast pace and um, I don't want to have to walk slowly. Well, so take some times where you actually do practice walking more slowly with more awareness and you may find that when you walk at your more um, habitual pace, a brisker pace, that some of what you've learned in the slow time um, will actually be there for you. So you, it is possible to walk quickly and inhibit or say no to our habits, but it really takes a lot of practice at a slower pace to be able to do that. Um, so eventually, you know, you mm. can get to a point where we where can walk with freedom and ease very quickly, but usually when we speed up, we literally get ahead of ourselves and things tighten up and we push because we're in a hurry and we want to get to where we're going, and um, you know mm-hmm. that's what alexander called and gaining so so really what we're what we're inviting people to do by slowing down in their walk time um and notice what they can is to really pay attention to literally step by step what are you doing
0: right <laughs> and so it's not so much that there, there's anything wrong with walking quickly but as you say people often will exaggerate uh their 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 worst habits when they do that and if you can practice walking slowly and then gradually speed it up you may discover that you can walk quite quickly without all that extra pushing of your chest forward or your head forward or whatever it is in your case
1: right and actually another way to think about that and to discover what you're doing is a lot of times people will say when we do slow down in a walking clinic people will say well it's one reason it's hard for me to walk slowly is I lose my balance when I'm walking slowly and so what that tells me is that they don't have balance when they're walking quickly either exactly (laughs) Exactly. when, when you slow down and you feel how you're losing balance that's fabulous information, if that's your um, experience of really slowing your walk down and it feels really unsteady and unbalanced, notice where is it that you are out of balance, that's just gold because Mm -hmm. then you realize, oh, this is the area, this is the kind of tension that I'm, or I'm overusing some part of my body or underusing some other part and, and I am literally out of balance you might feel like you have more control and balance by speeding up your walk but you're just actually moving through those places of imbalance really quickly and actually um reinforcing a, pa- a pattern of imbalance and so um at least in my experience the the best way to to change that is to slow down and and see what you find out you know you're Absol- right you're out absolute, of balance <laughs> absolutely
0: absolutely um any more tips um, I want to say a little bit about
1: breathing um, and walking backwards. Um, so <laughs> one thing that um, I find really helpful in um, staying out of some poor habits that I developed over time in walking is, is to really uh, do what we call staying in the back or if I stay in my back. And that's not just keeping an awareness of the space behind me. That's part of it. When you walk... Experiment with, yes, you're moving forward and your eyes are seeing what's in front of you, but in your sort of kinesthetic or sensory awareness, try to include the fact that there's something behind you. And in fact, even your own back, the back of your rib cage, your shoulder blades, um, your lower back. Keep your back in mind even though you're moving forward. And one way to be able to develop this awareness, um, which most of us are not very good at, is to experiment with walking backwards. Mm-hmm. What does it feel like to walk backwards? And you have to have a big safe space where you can do this, where you won't fall or bump into someone. But take some steps, several steps, backwards. And notice how your the focus of your mind. What direction are you thinking about? Um, most people have a heightened awareness of what's behind them when they're intentionally moving backwards. And then... Um, at some point begin to move forward again but maintain that intentional awareness of what's behind you and that can be a really interesting experiment to develop the sense of carrying a sense of the space behind you and for me um... that helps me stay out of that pushing forward that sort of overdoing a forward direction um, it's a little bit abstract, probably, listening to this, but just try it and see what happens. <laughs> I, I would definitely say experiment
0: with that. That's a, that's a, a really good, uh, a good exercise. Walk backwards a few steps, notice where your attention is, and then reverse direction, continuing with your intention in that same direction. You might be amazed at what you'll discover.
1: Yes. And that actually then also in my case, and I think this is true for a number of other people, helps me remember to allow my breathing to occur naturally when I'm walking. Um, I think for some of us, there's there's something that changes in my breathing when I'm thinking about walking for exercise. If I'm just walking from my car across a parking lot to go into a building, this isn't as much of an issue. But when I was training, I really noticed that I had this, um, this habit of working my breathing differently as I did long-distance walks in preparation for the green walk. And, I, <laughs> um, and it's not necessary at all. So it's really a habit of mind, but it does affect the breathing. And so I found that, again, having that awareness of the space behind me reminded me that my breathing is three-dimensional. In other words, the diaphragm goes all the way around the base of the ribs. And when we breathe, uh, naturally, the air drops in and drops out. And you really don't have to do anything except get out of your own way and allow your breathing to get into a rhythm the way that your walk gets into a natural rhythm. Mm-hmm. for most of us mm-hmm. um and so that's just another little tip i don't have any particular things about breathing except to just notice that if you're like me your thought might be um so i'm having to breathe more fully or more i don't know differently um and it really doesn't need to change
0: <laughs> right right I mean, um so um we're probably getting a little close to the end and you you had mentioned um Uh, using negative, a negative direction for walking. Yeah. Um, Go for it. Yeah.
1: Well, so a little bit about negative direction is basically just um, what I've been playing around with is what happens when I'm, when I say to myself, as I'm walking, uh, I'm keeping my neck free and I'm not walking, literally saying, as I'm walking, I'm not walking. Um, something strange happens. <laughs> um, the, the nice thing about long distance walking is that it does um, it does kind of get into its own flow. And if you're doing anything aerobically over time, you're probably getting some endorphins, which helps with that. And then this kind of just letting myself walk. <coughs> excuse me. Um, letting myself walk and not trying to walk. Mm-hmm. Has really been freeing,
0: <laughs> right? I mean, if if you if you say to yourself as you're moving along, "I'm not walking," which sounds kind of a strange thing to say, but you're really saying to your you're saying to yourself, um, figure you're saying to your body mind, figure out another better way for me to walk. And uh, if you just play with that, I think you'll be amazed at what you'll, uh, what you'll discover. Yes,
1: I actually really was thinking a lot about how, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're learning to walk. Oh, sorry about that. When we're learning to walk, um, we don't have to think about it. It is a pretty strong reflex built into us. Mm-hmm. And our bodies know how to walk. hmm And so just letting that happen is really, um, extraordinary. It really, for me, makes me feel lighter and easier and, um, that then I don't have to be trying to walk correctly, Mm -hmm. which as an Alexander teacher, I must admit, I fall prey to sometimes this sort of, um, wanting to do it right idea, Mm -hmm. um, It really frees you from that, and there were moments on this uh, walk where I was able to really um, feel like I was being moved rather than moving.
0: Exactly, yeah. It was
1: really quite extraordinary um, Mm -hmm. and lovely, and I'm I'm hoping to um, cultivate some more of that kind of non-doing walking um, as I'm walking next week.
0: Well, maybe this will be a good place to bring the conversation to an end. Um, if uh, my guest today has been uh, Amy Ward Brimmer, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in Newtown, uh, Pennsylvania, which is near Philadelphia, and we'll put a link to her website by the interview. Um, if anything that we've been talking about intrigues you and you live outside the Philadelphia area and you'd like to explore the Alexander technique, we'll put a link to a website <laughs> where you can uh, locate a teacher and learn more about the technique. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: It's been a great pleasure. Thanks, Robert.